Hey, welcome to another Miracle Monday. I am Tommy. I'm on staff here at St. Basil the Great. And today I'm joined by Bibi Mankhouse. Hi. And I just met Bibi like three weeks ago. And that was the first time. And one of the first things you said to me was, my friend Catherine goes to this parish and has seen some of these, uh, told me I need to talk to you. And why is that? Because I experienced a miracle in God saving my life in a car crash um, a couple months ago. Okie dokie. <laughs> All right. So first, let's get to know you a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll get to the uh, the dramatic stuff. So <laughs> you got it. Who are you? Um, I am a daughter of the king. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, first and foremost. And I am daughter to Joan Christie Mankhouse, mom and dad. Um, I grew up in an amazing, amazing Catholic family, um, seven other siblings. I'm number five, so I kind of give off middle child vibes. I'm a little <laughs> crazy and chaotic, and I didn't used to get caught when I was younger, but um, I can't. I'm really bad at lying, so I get caught all the time, good. Now, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh I grew up with my siblings, just we all kind of played music. So that was a really big, I, all of my favorite memories are just um, like jamming out in the living room to, it used to be Matt Maher music, but now it's everything in between musicals, um, Christian music, 80s music. It's just, yeah, those are my very fond memories. And yeah, I don't, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> That's awesome. Family jam band. Sessions. Oh, yeah. But you have a brother who plays music at a parish, is that right? Yes, my brother Max plays at St. Francis in Gates Mills. Oh, okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then you have another brother who is... That is true. Center. Yes, my brother, Deacon Joe Makehouse. He, Deacon. Yeah, was ordained in May of this year. Um, and he's going to be a priest in May of next year. And he's doing his diaconate... Um, assignment in Immaculate Heart of Mary in Cuyahoga Falls. Awesome. Yeah. So he's a transitional deacon. He's just a deacon for uh, for a year here. Mm -hmm. Then he'll be ordained to the priesthood and he'll be another priest here. Oh, yeah. Here in our diocese. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so how old are you? I'm 20 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. So paint the picture for us. All right. Fateful day. What were you doing? Where were you going? Okay. And I know you said there were some circumstances before that. Yeah. That sort of. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So I'm actually going to go way back into June of 2020. Um, I got really addicted to making rosaries and chaplets. And so <laughs> I was making these like wildfire, especially during COVID because there was, when we were in quarantine, we were just picking up random, random, um, hobbies. My sister and I were baking bread, making these, um, having mud fights when it rained outside. It was pretty fun. <laughs> um, and even though I grew up in a very Catholic family and we pray the rosary every night, or we at least tried to, um, I never really felt that I had a relationship with our mother. And, um, I remember, the summer of 2020 really just like asking our mother to really show me um, who she is and to mm. develop a relationship with her. And um, I made a couple of these rosaries and I just so happened to keep this one um, for quite some time. So let's go to the next little circumstance. Um, this might 
make a couple people upset, but I am not an Apple person. I do not like <laughs> Apple products at all. I'm Android all the way. But Same. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, but I just did not. Um, I broke my Android phone, and I did not want an Apple phone, but it was the next best thing that I could get um, for probably the cheapest price and the best quality. So I got an iPhone, and um, pretty soon after I got it in May, no, let's. Go, I think it was around April actually. My brother Deacon Joe, he told me to give him my location, something called find my location on Apple products. And that kind of stuff freaks me out. Um, but he told me to do it. And I was thinking if I'm going to tell anybody where I'm headed, it might as well be my brother because my parents, they can't track me. My brother can, that'll be fine. So I can't get in trouble with my parents, but (laughs) at least Joe knows where I am. Um, so those, that's kind of leading up to it. And then Um, A week before this accident, I actually um, received a little guardian angel statue. Um, And, you know, as Catholics, we pray the St. Michael prayer. Um, We're told to be friends with our guardian angels. Mm -hmm. And I had really just been slacking um, in that. And I received that statue. And after that, I told myself, well, gosh darn it, I need to (laughs) start talking to my guardian angel. And so I prayed my uh, the St. Michael prayer every day that week. And I just started asking my guardian angel to show me um, its presence in my life and to protect me. And Mm. yeah, so the weekend of my accident, I was three hours away. I was driving three hours away from my home um, for a, a trip and... I realized that I didn't have a rosary in my truck. I was driving a truck at that point. (laughs) It was great. Wow. Um, (laughs) I miss it. Rip. But, um, yeah, I just realized I didn't have a rosary in my truck, and I just thought, all right, Mama Mary, I know that um, we're not close yet, but I'm at least going to make you present in my car through um, the rosary. And I put it around the mirror, didn't think anything of it, and made my trip. It was three hours away, and then on Sunday – June 6th, 2021, Feast of Corpus Christi, the Body of Christ. I was driving home. I actually wasn't driving home. I was driving to a retreat meeting at Communion of Saints Parish, which happens to be around 10 minutes away from my house. And um, I took that three-hour drive after Sunday Mass. And um, I was 10 minutes away from my house and a couple minutes away from Communion of Saints when I was in a really tricky part of the freeway where um, it's very easy to get cut off and I got cut off. And in an effort to not crash into anyone else, I kind of moved the steering wheel. But when you're kind, when you're in shock, you're not really um, thinking about keeping it straight like they tell you to in driving school. I was just going like this and I was freaking out. Um, and so because of that, the car really wasn't stable. And then I ended up slamming into the left concrete median my car flipped three times and then slammed into the right concrete median oh my gosh yeah and the whole time that it was spinning which was quite a long time i didn't even know what was happening really i just felt the spinning and the whole time you'd think that um a catholic would think to say their act of contrition or at least pray a prayer of protection um asking god for help but my in my head i was just thinking my parents are gonna kill me i'm gonna die and they're not gonna know that it wasn't my fault um (laughs) and then they'll kill you again just because they're yeah that's exactly Ah. and my parents are wonderful people guys like this is not um it was just the fear in my heart um and 
The car finally, when it slammed into the right concrete median, it stopped um, face up. And um, yeah, I just started to smell a really gross burning smell because the airbags had come out and they hadn't opened up in years and there was all this dust and stuff. So I just remember smelling that and not really understanding what was happening, but seeing that pieces of the car were... um, all over the freeway so there was no way that any cars were gonna be able to pass by and i assumed that somebody was gonna be calling 911 at this point so i let them do that and i decided to call one of my parents so i looked around for my phone because everything was kind of jostled around and i picked up my phone and i called my mom and my mom didn't answer and this is very uncharacteristic of her and then i called my father and my father didn't answer either. And I was like, wow, this is just like really, really bad circumstances at this point. But then, um, and so I went down the line of siblings. <laughs> I started with my brother, Joe, and Joe picked up. And um, he just so happened to be in the car with his pastor at, at his assignment. And he picked up in a really great mood. And I just responded saying, Joe, I need your help, something along the lines of that. And... Um, I told him I was in a crash and he just kept telling me to um, breathe and that everything was going to be okay. And he FaceTimed me to just have that eye contact and make sure that I didn't have so this So are you in attack. pain or no. what? So my adrenaline was through the roof. I don't even – I had – actually, I had um, shards of glass – up and down my arms and I had I don't know if you can see here but I had a pretty bad cut here which was kind of gushing out all over my body and I was just it's weird because there was such a disconnect um there was no pain I was just looking down and I was thinking well that's weird um I don't feel it and um in those moments there were five or six people that were rushing to me and um they all looked at me in shock as if I should have been dead um Mm. And the first thing they said was, are you okay? Are you okay? And I responded saying, You're yes. Like, I've I, called three people. Already. I know, I know. Like, catch up. Um, but they, I said, I'm on the phone with my brother. And they said, well, you need to get out because the car's going to, it might explode. And when I heard that, <laughs> that kind of alarmed me because I, I had never, I don't know. I just never was in a car crash before. So I didn't know that that was a possibility. Well, you've seen movies, right? Um, and I, all the cars explode. I didn't know that, all I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one for action-packed movies. I like the more comedic type stuff. But uh-huh. um, yeah, and so I started pulling on all the um, levers of each door. And I realized that the car was so dented in everywhere that I couldn't even get out. Oh and gosh. so I told them I couldn't get out. And three people came together, ripped open one of the back car doors and got me to climb through the back, took me to one of their cars and started just caring for me and tending to my wounds. Um, And one of the huge miracles about this whole thing was um, that I not only, well, first off, I crashed on a bridge and I didn't even fall off the bridge. Um, That just, because I was um, flipping for so long, I really truly did believe that I was falling off the bridge. And, and so, you're in a truck, so you're higher up, mm-hmm. so more likely to flip over. Exactly. Um, and then if you see, if you would have seen the aftermath of the car, the whole car was totaled except for right over my head. Um, there was no dents anywhere. It's like my guardian angel and Mama Mary were holding me up. Yeah. And the only thing that survived the crash 
my rosary that I put there. Um, and I felt Mother Mary's presence throughout the whole thing. And I happened to crash 100 yards away from the Metro Health Hospital, which is um, a level one trauma hospital. So it's I crashed in probably the best place you could be because yeah. they were there within a couple minutes. Um, and they took me into the ambulance and started taking care of me. But you only had the one on your right. hand. Right. Like flipping um, three times and you're on a freeway. Yeah. Right? So you're not going mm-hmm. 20. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going a good rate of speed. And then all you have to show for it is this one. I know. It's kind of embarrassing coming into work a couple weeks later. They're like, did you even crash? And I, was like, <laughs> I swear. Liar. I swear. <laughs> I know. it. That was kind of weird um, because I didn't really have anything to show for it. But yeah, that whole experience was so beautiful because not only was Mother Mary and my guardian angels there and um, God the Father was there um, with me through it all, but even just the little miracles that were in between, like the fact that I crashed so close to a hospital that could take such good care of me. I, um, The only person that answered my phone calls was my brother, and my brother was the only one that had me on find my location. And he was mm. the reason that my family could find me. Mm. I mean, I had no idea where I was. I know nothing about the highway system in Cleveland. Um, but they were able to track me. Um, even though I don't love that, it worked out very well for me in that <laughs> moment. Um, and I was in the ambulance, and I had a really, really profound moment um, just laying down there. Um, I was just kind of crying because it was an emotional experience, as you would think. But um sure. The months leading up, well, actually the weeks leading up to this accident, um, I was kind of growing in despair almost because this summer um, I had the opportunity, I applied to a couple missions to do ministry work with, um, yeah, just Catholic camps in Ohio. And so had my siblings, so had my best friend, and I had heard the Lord tell me um, not to go on any of those missions and to stay home. And all of mm. my friends, well, my friend, my best friend, and my siblings all ended up on mission. And so I was so convinced that this was going to be the worst summer of my life. And huh. that, um, and then, and then you got in a crash. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because it's so paradoxical because you would think that it would be the worst summer of my life because of this, but it happened to be the best summer of my life. Um, Why just is that? laying in that ambulance, I, was so filled with the Holy Spirit, um, and I heard the Lord speak to me so clearly. See, BB, you have so much purpose on this earth, even though you're not on quote unquote mission. Your mission is wherever you are, which is what we hear um, in church documents. Like you don't have to be a missionary or a religious to be on mission, to be a baptized Christian means you are a missionary by nature of your, well, of your baptism. And so in that ambulance, I was just laying there and I heard him say, yeah, you still have purpose. I could have let you die. I could have allowed that. That could have been my plan. And you could be with me in heaven maybe right now, but you have purpose on this earth. And that's why I want you to be on here because I'm not done with you. And that really just, yeah, that, conversation really just shifted my whole outlook on life um and one of my favorite bible verses is ephesians chapter 1 verse 12 which is um oh my gosh let's see if i can remember it basically um it says we who first hoped in christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory and that has been kind of my battle cry um since the crash um because 
we just have so much purpose in living for the praise of his glory. And as I was laying there, I remembered my father always used to say something along the lines of, I think he actually took it from JP too, but um, suffering in the hospitals is wasted all the time, all the Mm. time. Um, People just aren't taught how to suffer and offer um, things up for the greater glory of God. And in that moment, I just felt so called to offer up all the um, suffering that I was enduring and that I would endure to come for um, the people on the retreat that I was going to be working that summer. Mm -hmm. And that was the retreat meeting I was heading to, Mm -hmm. but I didn't end up making. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just... um, And that's such a JP2 thing, because I mean, even his... His cardinal secretary Mm -hmm. said that, you know, those last years of his life when he was deteriorating in body uh, and and just with Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. you know, he said, no, I'm not going to recede from the public light. Like, I want people to see that you can suffer with dignity Mm -hmm. and that um, we all have dignity just by being God's sons and daughters. We don't need to have some great... Uh, functionality. I don't mm-hmm. need to be able to do a bunch of stuff to have worth. Just by being, mm-hmm. we have worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. My mother always says that we're hu- human beings, not human doings. And <laughs> that keeps me grounded That's because, good. yeah, I just like to move and do things. And it can be so easy to get caught up in um, believing that your worth comes from what you do. And in that moment, I mean, I couldn't do anything. I just had mm-hmm. to be and let myself be loved and cared for. Um, and it was such a beautiful experience. And then just throughout the hospital visit, um, so many people almost even hospital humor is strange. Like even just making jokes like, oh yeah, we got another crash or something. (laughs) I was fine because I was alive and I knew I was well, Uh but even in the trauma bay, they're like, what car are you, what car were you driving? And are you sure you're okay? Like, do you feel any pain? They checked my whole body. I'm not, I did not feel one ounce of pain. Obviously it was the adrenaline, but, um, I came in that hospital at about 1.30 p.m. I left around 4 p.m. walking out of the hospital. Wow. Um, still in the same dress I was wearing. <laughs> I did have some blood all over my body, but... Um, so you walked out of the hospital yeah. in a bloody dress. Yes. And, okay. Yeah. yeah. They had to cut off my but white shirt yeah. because it was bloody, which was really sad. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> praise God. But, yeah, I mean, even just coming home and being able to be with my family, I just... Yeah, it's one of those moments where you really, I would never wish it upon anyone else, but I'm so glad that the Lord allowed it to happen to me because Mm. it really did just change the outlook that I have on life and the outlook that I have um, just about like God's purpose for everyone. And um, yeah, I just see things with new eyes now. And even it was such a... Yeah, it's just such a beautiful experience coming home and being cared for by my family. Um, mm. Because one of the lies that I think I believe um, in that I still need to work through is just like I'm not a burden to others. And in those moments, I mean, I was potentially a burden, but my family wanted to carry those burdens with yeah. me and for me. They were fighting with me and for me. And I remember um, once the adrenaline kind of left my body it was 24 hours after the accident i walked out into the living room and just kind of like collapsed on the ground and started crying um because i was in so much pain and my father um (laughs) he got a beach chair from our backyard a lounge (laughs) chair 
um, put it in the living room and positioned it and just massaged my neck for 45 minutes. And I love my father. We have a great relationship, but even that was healing. It just Hmm. showed me how loved I am by my earthly father. And it was only a fraction of the love that my heavenly father has for me. (laughs) And that's, it was just wild for me to experience that. And, um, yeah, there was pain for a few days, but by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was jumping, dancing, running, walking around. Um, and the only, the only proof I had that I had crashed was the car in the car lot that was completely wrecked. And, um, this cut, yeah. but, um, I mean, that's nothing compared to what could have been. Yeah. And my parents just kept telling me the first thing they told me was, um, BB, we're, we're not mad about about the car at all. We're not mad about um, you crashing. We're just so glad you're alive. And that was yeah, of course. just what I needed to hear because I thought they were going to be mad at me for crashing. But um, no, it just really shows that um, suffering, yeah, in our weakness, Christ is strong. And, and yeah, suffering can never, there's always fruit that can come from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what a beautiful story of, Mary, Blessed Virgin Mary, and your relationship that was that you wanted to grow and now has mm-hmm. grown. And then with our guardian angels, which I always feel like uh, our guardian angels are there. And, and so often it's like a squandered opportunity. It's just oh, like yeah. help is right there. And our <laughs> angels are just like, let me help, let me help, let me help. Yeah. And and when we don't even acknowledge their existence, you know, we're, we're missing out on something. Mm-hmm. And then the beauty of the humility and love that you had the chance to experience by letting yourself be loved and served and cared for when you couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And your family who loves you is able to just swoop in. It's just this beautiful, that's a beautiful gift. Yeah. And, um, and also just, you know, a testament to, like you said, the suffering or even in the case of folks who are dying or folks who are elderly and feel like their life has no worth or that they're Mm -hmm. just a drain on, their families and mm-hmm. a drain on hospital resources and all that. And, and they just want to want to let it go or, or, you know, whatever euthanasia it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we stand and say, your life has absolute worth mm-hmm. to the last natural breath. Mm-hmm. And so we, yeah, we got to love our people. We got to love our suffering people, people in hospitals, people in hospice, people in nursing homes, mm-hmm. people in assisted, assisted living. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. so then, what is your outlook and sort of path in the future? Have you sorted that out, thought about that, prayed about that? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you're still just 20. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny because this summer, like I told you earlier, was, I really did think it was going to be the worst summer of my life. <laughs> I was being a drama queen thinking that, but um, the <laughs> Lord was very patient with me and just kept reminding me, you have purpose, you have purpose. And even through the, um, this summer, past the car crash, um, I don't know, ever since high school, I've just always had this desire on my heart to um, look into religious life. And um, yeah, I just, so a lot of things came together this summer. Um, and especially through the Lord time, you have purpose, you have purpose. He has kind of um, just shown me that my desire for religious life is valid and that he maybe even place these desires on my heart. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I am just looking forward and 
I'm not placing my worth in my vocation. I am placing my worth in the fact that I'm a daughter of the king. But I definitely feel like all of these things came together um, for him to lead me to where I am right now. But just working full time now and really just finding gratitude in the little things. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're so awesome. I'm so glad (laughs) that I met you a couple weeks ago and that we're going to get a chance to... To work on some ministry projects together, which is mm-hmm. awesome. But um, let's just close it out in prayer, huh? You got it. I'll start, and then I'll just kick it to you, and you can finish up. All right. Thank All you. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Blessed Virgin Mary, thank you for your protective mantle. Just your, your large cloak, your robe that is just... They're sheltering us. Thank you for saving baby and protecting her and preserving her. Thank you, guardian angels. Thank you for sending us the messages from our Lord. Thank you for protecting us. And thank you for the praise that you give to God and the lessons that you can teach us about just praising the Lord. I pray especially for any of our listeners or viewers who are right now just questioning their purpose, questioning their value and their worth, that they can see that, I mean, just by looking at a crucifix, they can see how much they're worth, what you did for them, Lord Jesus, and the fact that you have a room prepared and you want so bad for us to, to be saved. Yes, Lord, I just pray that um, all the listeners and anyone that comes into our path or that has come into our own paths may be able to draw closer to the cross because um, Christ is closest to the suffering. And I just pray that each and every single one of us is able to foster a relationship with their guardian angels and really just seek out their purpose in their life through Christ and through what he has done for us on the cross. And God, I give you all the glory. And Lord, over these next few months, we just pray for an outpouring of your grace upon us and upon our families that we can not only see our own dignity and purpose, but really have our eyes open to see who else might be questioning that or suffering Mm -hmm. so that we can love on them and just show them your love through us. Thank you, Lord, and we love you. And we want to act more like it Mm -hmm. and believe it more deeply. May your will be done. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for the prayer. That was beautiful. And your witness and your cheerfulness and your hopefulness and your positivity and just <laughs> just uh, your faith maturity to be able to be just laying in that ambulance and just looking to God and, and mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. So this is awesome. What another great <laughs> Miracle Monday. So join us next week, I guess. We'll have another story. And if you... Uh, are listening then check us out on youtube you can see what bb looks like (laughs) or if you're on youtube 
um, know that we also have this on the podcast, and that is sometimes more convenient to uh, to catch the, the the stories. So thank you so much, and God bless you. God bless. Goodbye. <laughs>